Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode. Where tonight, we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkey Stone Pick of the Week, all the way back to 1925 with The Phantom of the Opera, directed by Rupert Julian. But before that, we're joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. The Phantom of the Opera is here. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I didn't know there was some talking terror. <laughs> what is up? So glad that you oh, can join on, us team. in this episode. You don't want to sing with me, baby? <laughs> I don't know. There was no music in this movie. It was silent. It was pretty quiet. I don't know about this song you're thinking of. But we're also joined by the, about the whole himself, movie was fucking music. music. <laughs> You're funky with a monkey. Come on. You're pick. That's right, King. Keeping oh, it funky, keeping it fresh. I'm the mad monkey coming to you live from the drunken monkey we have clinic where we, the talking tail crew, bring the baddest hall podcast there is in all the land. So make sure you listen live. Listen with your friends. Listen on Spotify. Listen on iTunes. Listen on Blog Talk. We don't fucking care just as long as you fucking listen. Have a D, man. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, we're also joined by the very astute, very educated, very opinionated Demonic Dean, everybody. Mm-hmm. We love you, Dean. We love you, Dean. So smart. I guess the Dean has nothing to say. Demonic Dean, please report to the Dean. I was trying to stick with our team. <laughs> the silent episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow, there you go. Yeah, nice, nicely done, man. You needed to get some piano going, though, man. I know you got that shit, Dave. Just in like, not in my broadcast location. Dean's just in the corner playing with his organ. Well, we all That means his tushy. Usually. I make. I make. Supple music. Supple music. Oh, you got the COVID. Weird. Oh, you got the COVID too, huh? <laughs> COVID loads, man. That was something else entirely. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Dropping those COVID. Um, well, so, before we get into anything yeah. else, I just want to sit there and jump in real quick and just say thank you, Ghoul, for the awesome Christmas present. You totally took me by surprise, man. Just because there was this package waiting at the door, and as soon as I saw as seen on TV <laughs> as the, the mailing from address, I was like, "Oh Look no!" <laughs> the cool <guy> too. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, opened it up. And it was a it was a baby Yoda Tia pet. People came running over. She was like, Ah! Can we set it up now? Can we set it up now? I was like, No, honey, I got to get on the show. <laughs> very cool. You guys, yeah, very, very, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Enjoy it. Enjoy it well. May it grow and grow and grow as ever lively as it can. It's the pottery. That grows <laughs> and grows and grows, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, that was awesome, man. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, 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 I bid you luck with it. <laughs> I found this brown. Oh, we wish everyone. you luck and um, prosperity and growth. Your, your present is going to be arriving in like January at some point. Um, I just there's, Whatever, there's a, a reason for that. You will see it, but uh, it is uh, it is not is a it? pet. So there's <laughs> something else question. to look forward to. It's a Jerry Garcia Tia pet. <laughs> that's my next question. I, I do believe those are out there at some point or another. You should have weeds. You should be able to spread weed on it. You know. <laughs> I mean, I grow plenty of that here, so. <laughs> You're a grower, man. I know I don't gotta send you nothing. You know, you guys just grow. Uh, not a show. It's like fucking signs, you know. Instead of swing away, grow away, grow away, <laughs> grow away. Let it grow. There we go. So nice segue, monkey, into the Mandalorian, which I know I wanted to get to at the top of the hour because they did have a season finale. I wanted uh, you and the ghoul to talk about it before we get into horror news. I know you're chopping up a bit. What's going on with Boba Fett? Oh, how are you, on, Mandalorian? How are your Gongu stickers coming yeah. along, King? I've been putting them everywhere in Lancaster City. So. <laughs> Very nice. There's a lot I'm of looking forward to that. Yeah. I was hoping that that would happen. I'm hoping like I'm gonna I'm gonna end up like coming to Lancaster because one of these days I'm gonna just randomly like just decide to like take a two and a half hour drive, and I'm gonna be driving around <laughs> town and I'm gonna look at like a street pole somewhere and be like, oh shit. The king's been here. <laughs> yeah, especially if you uh, go go to the uh, Republican com- committee's <laughs> establishment. <laughs> king, king will put them up all over there. <laughs> right under a Bernie Sanders with here says sticker or something. <laughs> Sanders mark. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I hope you enjoy your, your Miyagi Do Chia Pet as well. Um, being that you finally now, your dream has come true. You are now the proud owner of your own Chia pet. You know? I was trying to find you. There's, there is a market out there that, well, there's a hole in this market of Chia pet things. I don't understand how yeah. there is not a cock and balls with Chia pubes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what I was looking for. I wanted a big fucking cock and balls with some Chia pubes for that fucking thing. And they're not there. So, Dean, like you said, you grow shit. Make that shit. I will look into. I will look into it. Chia cut. We're we're gonna sit there. Chia cut. We're gonna have. I mean, there's so much chia to have. We're gonna have to have the the talking terror knockoff chia pet where it's just cock and balls. (laughs) Obviously, it can't be chia. So you got we got to figure out some other name for it because I guess Chia is a brand name anyway. So so yes so so cock and balls, tubes. Yeah, we can do some, some vaginal. We can do a bunghole. 
<laughs> okay. So, all, all right. So the so, all right. So the cock and balls talking terror topiary. There <laughs> you go. The talking terror topiary. The TTT. Fucking stuttering Bill now. <laughs> I might have done many other things, but yeah. You okay, get? so t- all right, but yeah, time, time to get our nerd on here. Cool. Uh, yeah, season finale of the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I lost my fucking shit. They they, they like just pushed all the buttons of. Every every emotion I had in this episode, uh, from being extremely excited, you know, huge ass hard ons, fucking crying to again huge ass hard ons, delivering one hundred percent story wise. I was just really really happy with this. I was sad to see it close, like I I really really was. I did I didn't want this to end, um, but the way they ended it was just so fucking badass. Okay, oh yeah. Spoilers, by the way, because we're getting ready to spoil the fuck out of this. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to spoil it. I'm gonna. It's a, it's a weekend, you know. Maybe not everybody is caught up to it yet. You know, some people like to wait for the entire series to finish and then they binge watch the whole thing. You know, the dean okay. will probably get around to watching it like three years from now. Um, <laughs> no, it'll be sooner. It'll be sooner than that. And we'll all it's on the like, short list. Oh, wow. It's it's on the short list? No, no, no. This is, is this is not this is not the Marvel thing, man. This is I'll I'll be on this really soon. <laughs> but again, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But spoil it. You can, you can spoil it if you want. I mean I already oh, know I already no, seen uh, it, man. I already seen spoilers, man. I already seen spoilers. I've seen clips. I've seen I seen what I seen what <laughs> happens. Like I, I know what I know what happens. I know what the big thing at the end was, so Oh, he knows what they say. So anyway, man, <laughs> listen, did this did this episode do for me what I've wanted out of the Star Wars universe since they pretty much started talking about the prequels? Um, yes. I think this series has recaptured one hundred percent the magic of what the original Star Wars trilogy was all about. They, they pared this thing down. They gave us a great story with characters with easy motivations to understand, and you fucking like them. Even the ones you're not supposed to like, you kind of like. And guess what? What happened in the original Star Wars trilogy? We loved the villains. Well, once again, we have villains that we can enjoy. We have good guys that we want to like. And then we got guys that are kind of in the middle, even our main character. We don't even know what is true. True you know, thoughts are as far as things go. We just know little bits and pieces of them. Um, the ending was perfect. You know, they couldn't have done it any better. Uh, they're, they're getting miles ahead with this with this whole CGI mapping of these faces that they're doing, so it was really cool oh, to see the one, <laughs> the one thing that came in there. Uh, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's getting better, which is cool. Um and there's no other way to do it other than getting another actor. And again, with some of these characters, that's like a tough sell, you know, 
There's going to be people that like it. There's going to be people that hate it. I think this is kind of the best they're going with right now, especially while some of these actors that portrayed these characters are still alive. Um, and I'm excited to see where the future goes. You know, I like that they kind of ended the storyline that we've had for these two seasons. And Mando's got his own future to, to move off to, as does Grogu. And as does... Well, I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, All I know man, is there's going like... to be a new series. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, but yeah, it's like the series totally delivered here. Um, and what I really enjoyed about this storyline is, you know, the writing of the characters. Like you said, this entire course, I really enjoyed this, the story just between Mando and the kid. Um, just because we've all had the, that, those of us who have had parents, I mean, uh, been parents and had kids and going through the journey of, of being a parent. And when you start off, you know, you, you always have those mindsets of certain things you're going to do, certain things you're never going to do, you know, because I'm going to sit there and make sure that I do this for my kid and this is what's going to happen, and I'm never going to do this or I'm never going to do that. And then as things happen, you compromise. You compromise to accommodate the situation, you know, to accommodate your kid. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about Mando was him compromising something he never thought he would for the sake of the kid. And that's exactly what being a parent is, is putting your own ideals to the side and just trying to do the best you can to raise the kid, the, your kid the best you can. And that, that was a, a really solid story for me, and I really enjoyed that. Some deep shit right there, monkey. You know me. I, I thought this was all about an intergalactic bounty hunter and a fucking and a, and a thingy at the transfer from one place to another. But you know, you saw yeah, Lone Wolf and Cub level in this. Thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, look, you know, the the, the relationship between you know man and Grogue um, is obviously key for this series. Um, yeah, what I found to be the more interesting thing with the Mandalorian himself, though, was the relationships that grew because of the child, you know, because Mm -hmm. of the child, the people that he eventually had to not only reach out to, but had to learn to trust besides his own tribe. Um, you know, and these are those like those, those little details that, they got right. You know, these are those little things that when we were kids mm-hmm. and we're watching Star Wars and, you know, they were playing with our toys. These are the little things that we created, the little storylines and the ideas and, and all those, those, those things, like my table that I used to have set up in my basement, you know, the Dean knows all about it. I'd have like all these, these crazy storylines going on with all these different Marvel toys and these other toys and yep. they, all, they, these worlds would all be colliding and, you know, I'd set them up one way one day and then, you know, three days later I'd change it up completely and it would be like all kinds of other things going on and it's so awesome to see Favreau working the way he is trusting in his own people you know in his own way Favreau is the 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 Mandalorian he's out there and he's expanding and he's trusting in his writers he's trusting in the directors for these episodes while he's still keeping that 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 rope that's just keeping everything in that in that perfect circle 
And so I, I thank him and I thank all the creators behind The Mandalorian because, again, such a fantastic show. Totally won me over, big time. Yeah, it's just, again, if you haven't gone, like, have given this show a chance and you're a fan of Star Wars or science fiction in general, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, give this a try because this is not mainstream Star Wars. This is Star Wars a little bit to the left um, and still just creating unique worlds of its own, creating unique storylines of its own, and it's just a hell of a ride. It really is. Jar Jar Binks lovers are going to enjoy the hell out of it. Oh, yeah, especially, oh, man, that that fucking end scene? Shit. <laughs> Can't wait to not watch it. That's all I got to say. With mwee mwee humility. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. Oh, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> Take the King's Nightmare. We have to do an episode. Uh, we'll have to make sure the game won't be on. But we'll have to do an episode where we just talk fucking Jar Jar the entire time. And maybe we'll cover that episode just, one one of these days. Let me know in really advance what episode that is, so I can so I can I can find. So you can it. avoid. No, no. Yeah. Why don't I say? We got to figure out a day that you won't be on. We'll, we'll cover episode Ooh. one for the king, and then this and way, you know, that, that's that's a horror movie. That's a horror movie for the king right there. Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, there's like gonna be in the Pablo Sandy. <laughs> and look at the of Dasa Voda. Mr. No like you outsiders. <laughs> 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 what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Why am I here for two hours listening to this? Poodle. You will. <laughs> you will. <laughs> So what's going on in the world All right, of horror, well, guys? Well, what I wanted to kick it off well, with was what your suggestion was, Ghoul, was uh, the wrong turn trailer. Did you guys have a chance to watch it? No, no just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to watch the trailer? <laughs> I mean, I know the Dean's really into the silent movie thing. Yeah. this week. I mean, <laughs> was that a joke or not? Did everybody watch the wrong turn trailer? I mean, that was that was a hot button item on our on our on our chat earlier today. Yeah, watch yes, it. we watched it actually. I'm ready for it. So I, I all right. So so really quick, I don't even know. Like, there's a million trailers for a million horror movies that we never talk about. I don't know why this one became the one to talk about. But with that being said. Uh, I remember long ago, uh, Ghoul, we watched the original first wrong turn together at, at your place one night. Um, then it was fine, whatever. Uh, I knew there were some sequels. I had no idea that there were six of these motherfuckers. Um, I'm pretty sure I knew there were five, motherfuckers. but I was shocked. I was shocked to learn <laughs> that there were six wrong turns in the original go round. So now next year we have uh, the wrong turn uh, reboot. Uh, I watched the trailer. Um, I don't know that I'll ever even watch this movie. I never saw Wrong Turn 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6. Uh, I, I, I don't care. Um, yeah, I thought it was great, you know, especially because it's Alan B. McElroy coming back to write this script for 2021's Wrong Turn. So he's coming back to kind of rewrite history. But the first one he did in 2003, um, 
I'm a little bit dubious about Mike P. Nelson as a director because he hasn't done anything that I've really kind of enjoyed. Um, he did uh, Summer School back in 2008, which is a slasher that was him and three other directors, and then uh, The Domestics in 2018 with uh, Kate Bosworth, which is kind of like a post-apocalyptic movie. Mm. The visuals kind of sold me. I was like, you know what? It looks like it's a lot of fun. They didn't reveal a lot with the inbred family. You know, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more of an in-depth story about how they came to be. Um, uh, Matthew Moudin showing up was kind of impressive. So, you know, I'm going in kind of with tampered expectations, but mm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Papa. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think, Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I uh, I own all of the uh, the wrong turn movies. I ended up getting the bundle or whatever Sorry. it was on Xbox. You know, nah, <laughs> whatever, man. You know what? I enjoy the first one. Uh, like you said, we watched that one together. Um, you know, there, there were things that were enjoyable about it. You know, for me, did you watch the all series? Ten? No. Um, you know, I know the school girl has. You know, she likes no pause at all. I like. You know, we definitely really just like the first one, mostly because of uh, Eliza Dushku. Um, she's always fun to look at, and mm-hmm. you know that's uh, that's always a that's always a sure. bonus. And Boner. you know, the other films they vary in quality. Um, you know, yeah. I I have seen the second, third, <laughs> fourth, and I think I've even watched the fifth one. Um, but out of them all, I think it was Bloody Beginnings, which is the fourth one. That's the other one that I enjoyed. That one kind of takes things, like it says, it takes it back, and uh, they kind of they they take it back to the the origins of the the creature people or whatever the hell they are, the hillbillies, whatever they call. Them. I don't even know what the fuck they call them in those movies. I know they have names like Sawtooth and One Eye and shit like that. Um, but again, like I said, for me, where the series kind of took the wrong turn, so to speak. Um, I just didn't like the whole mongoloid aspect of it. You know, this whole idea of a bunch of inbred, hills have eyes level, like mutation fucking people living in the mountains of West Virginia. Um, So what I'm hoping to get out of this film, this new reboot, is maybe something a little less mutant-y and maybe just a little bit more... You know, kind of what you you hear in some of the dialogue in the in the thing. You know, these people said that they were going to be, you know, the the new America. You know, they were going to be the ones. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm hoping that this is going to be like you know, like a, an offshoot uh, of some some Confederate soldiers. You know, and so some of these people who decided, hey, we're going to hole up like the village. You know, like the M Night movie. And now they, they've got their own little thing going on with their own, like, little secret society that's been living in the woods. I'm hoping that they don't look like Sawtooth and One-Eye. I, w- I want to see something that's just more survivalist. <laughs> kind of like the Jason that we got in the Friday reboot, you know? But, again, maybe a bigger grouping of it. Very cool. Uh, Monkey, did you watch it? What do you think? Yeah, I watched it, but at the same time, I, I re, like after the ghouls rant there, it's like I'm gonna be short and sweet here. Um, uh, I'd never seen any of the wrong term movies. <laughs> Sorry. Um, don't mean? apologize, please. Yeah. Do not apologize. <laughs> we covered the first one. Was that when Monkey was off? Uh, maybe it was when I was off because I've never seen any of the wrong term movies. Um, yeah, but just seeing this trailer, it just again gave me. Very hills have eyes kind of feel to it of 
pretty, pretty people going out into the wilderness, doing, you know, things, camping and still staying pretty, pretty, because I know that doesn't fucking happen. Um, and then bad things happen to them from bad people. (laughs) I'm not denying that. I'm just saying when you go camping, you don't stay pretty after one day. (laughs) After one day, things start to stink, start to look bad. It's just, but I'm just saying though, it just struck me as another one of those, you know, strangers attack kind of movies in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I didn't know anything about any mutants or any inbreds or anything like that. It just struck me as, you know, yeah. Just, I ruined it. I'm you sorry. Know. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it was spoilers. Oh, man. Spoiled the trailer. <laughs> but, yeah, just just strikes me as another one of those, you know, just random people attacking teenagers in the woods kind of thing. And then the story of why is this happening and teenagers running around the woods screaming, you know, why is this happening? <laughs> King. I mean, the, the title is great. Though. In 2003, we warned you to stay out of the woods. In 2021, you still don't fucking stay out of the fucking woods. Like, go with it. But if Monkey had his way, it would be a bunch of fucking fat, ugly people walking around the woods going, oh, no, what's going on? Like, why can't I be good looking? Like all the other horror movie characters. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm ta- I'm talking about if you go camping, you, people don't stay pretty after one day because after that things start to take a turn because there's no showers, no bathrooms, no nothing. You get, it's, uh, it's hard oh, to stay want, sexy when you're camping. I I'm just saying it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to stay sexy when you go camping <laughs> unless you're at a drive drive through with the ghoul. Pocahontas was a hot Native American man. She was hot all the time. They didn't have hot showers back then. You bathe in the river. Oh, nope. Just okay, show me, bend, a fo- okay. Sh- show me a photo <laughs> of how hot she was. I'm going to send you a camera. Like, like, <laughs> oh, no. I've got it. I've got camera. But how do you know this? No, I know about the painting that was done of her when she went over to England. I know about that. I studied that in art class. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Whap, 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 whap. <laughs> fap, 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 fap. <laughs> Why is this painting so sticky? I don't know. When you fucking leave me alone? I appreciate all. <laughs> I'm the monkey, and I like art. <laughs> That's sexy. Yeah. Show me your boobies. <laughs> Hello, Marjorie. It's like Simon, and I like to do drawing. <laughs> yeah, Marjorie's painting is just a bunch of tits. <laughs> See, where is that tits? I draw what I like, and I draw what I know. <laughs> I don't know tits. <laughs> Never even seen them. My wife refuses to show me them. She's got a special gift for a special day. <laughs> Yeah, maybe my birthday and maybe Christmas. We'll we'll find out in two days. <laughs> oh, you got tits? This is amazing. Why didn't you tell me this when I married? <laughs> this is a new revelation. <laughs> I can't wait for the update. All right, so ah. what do you have for harm? Yeah, what's on tap? Oy, oy, oy. 
um, where to even begin. But I'll start here because I know that our own King of Horror is such a, a huge fan of the chin. Ash himself, Bruce Campbell. Uh, and yes. this might be something that King of Horror is interested in being such a fan of the Evil Dead. On January 23rd, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Bruce Campbell will be doing live commentary during an online Evil Dead watch party. Uh, we will also be doing a Q&A with the fans in the chat. Uh, and this virtual event will set you back uh, $25 per device. But if you want to hang out with Bruce yeah. Campbell and have him do live running commentary while you watch the Evil Dead together, uh, that might be $25 well spent. Uh, again, that's taking place on January yeah. 23rd. Hmm, I might have to invest in that. Get my stimulus money to a good cause. <laughs> yeah. Pocahontas is getting stimulus too. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> I did. That's very, awesome. uh, that's, that's very good. Sea monkey, and that's how they bathe. Okay, that's why they smell so good. <laughs> See, if you camp right, you can, you can do well. Monkey just wants to like buy that. her bath water. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate. I, I appreciate the update. Here, cool. <laughs> is that is that John Smith in the last photo? <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, I believe I believe it's Fabio. <laughs> right, wasn't it John or, Smith that that, that, uh, that that John Smith giving oh, it giving it to her? Oh, <laughs> indeed, or, he's very or, well endowed. Or just Prince Charming from Shrek, home, you know. With, there there are very <laughs> very many alternative Disney styles. Pocahontas is out there if you know how to search on Google. <laughs> That'll be conquered that tribe. Oh, indeed. <laughs> Google. Johnny Watt over here. It's what else you got? It's a clean shaven. It, <laughs> such sharp rocks. <laughs> you gotta keep it tight. I'm coming for you. Either that or the All fucking right, mic, you know. So, we recently uh, talked about the upcoming CBS All Access series, Clarice, uh, which focuses on uh, FBI agent Clarice Starling a year after the event of Silence of the Lambs, and how this show will be coming to us on February 11th. Uh, In our last discussion about the show, we wondered about whether or not uh, the specter of Hannibal Lecter would be uh, carrying or uh, hovering over the proceedings. And uh, the creators of this show have given us an answer. Uh, they said that this series in, in no way will feature uh, Hannibal Lecter. Uh, they said, oh. one, it comes well, down to... They knew we well, wanted well yes, they, taking our cues from Talking Terror. But uh, there <laughs> apparently is something with the rights of the character between MGM and Dino De Laurentiis Productions. Uh, so... There- issue with Uh, use of the character but they also said that the stories involving the character of Lecter have been done uh, in different ways like to 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 perfection and they said to think about exploring Hannibal Lecter just didn't feel like a fresh idea uh, which is what they're trying to go with Uh, they did reveal uh, that uh, Catherine Martin 
the character who was the daughter of the senator who uh, had been kidnapped uh, is going to be a major character uh, in the series. Uh, they said that uh, there's going to be like a, you know, the gloomy atmosphere of the 90s. They said that uh, significant events of the 90s are going to play a role uh, in the aftermath of real life tragedies such as Waco, uh, Ruby Ridge, uh, the first World Trade Center bombing. Uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, a lot of details uh, starting to come out uh, as we get closer to February when we'll get a chance to uh, to check out Clarice. I oh. wonder because, I mean, technically, uh, you know, our show, our podcast, our radio live internet broadcast, uh, you know, technically we're part of the media. I wonder if we can get like a, like a screener or something, if we can like reach out through the proper, proper channels and request uh, for any property, you know, I'm not just talking about Clarice, but this idea did just pop into my Press head. Like, can we like send out mess- missives and say, uh, let, let's get an advanced copy here so we can, uh, you know, so we can uh, take a look and, and talk about it. I wonder if that's a possibility. The king has tried <laughs> that with Khan. So not a lot of success. I have emailed Blumhouse many times. <laughs> so yeah, they're probably like, <laughs> don't answer emails from that guy ever again. <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe you're aiming a little, I'm, I, I'm just saying maybe you're aiming a little bit too high with Bloomhouse, you know, because we're talking to her. Um, maybe you need to go a little bit lower, like maybe a full moon. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know even Troma's like, yeah, fuck this guy. Come on, he emails us every week. Maybe we can get showing. an advanced copy of the upcoming Evil Bong spinoffs, the Gingerweed Man. He built our old man. <laughs> Hey, a podcast knows about our movies? Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, In the and, world. You know, Uncle, and you know Uncle Lloyd won't do it. <laughs> he don't give shit away. <laughs> Pay me, motherfucker. Okay, Uncle Lloyd. Don't yell at me again. <laughs> I'm sorry, In the world being yeah, Marvel, which so many of you love so much. You all love Marvel so much. Okay. Uh, the... The She-Hulk series uh, is coming along. Uh, it is going to star uh, Tatiana Moslani, who will be playing Jennifer Walters. Uh, it's been announced that Mark Ruffalo will be returning as uh, both Banner and the Hulk. And uh, also Tim Roth will be back as Abomination. Uh, and it's being mm. said that this, uh, this is going to be a half-hour legal comedy. Uh, it's being mm-hmm. uh, phrased as, uh, but this won't hit uh, till uh, 2022. Uh, but if those characters excite you, they're all coming back uh, for the She-Hulk. Kittelated. Which is proper. Yeah, because I saw. Yeah, yeah, because I saw King that you put that on the Talking Terror page, and it's just, you know, the whole thing of legal comedy is just because again, um, ghoul, you know, with your Marvel backgrounds and stuff like that. I don't ever remember that being a thing about She-Hulk was her being a lawyer. It was. Like oh, that's like her – it's the character's, like, main driving uh, point. Um, all right, so, so mm-hmm. like, here's the problem with She-Hulk, right? You know, like, she's had a, a, a conflicted history throughout the Marvel, you know, proper as far as the comic books and stuff like that go. You know, obviously she is the, I think she's like the cousin or so. She's related to Banner somehow. I forget exactly how. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's cousin. Through a blood transfusion, 
or something of that nature. That's how she ended up getting infected with the with with his blood, and therefore hulks out. Um, you know, the problem was is that you know she's just one of those characters that were like developed as like the female version of the Hulk, you know, like, let's get some, some civil rights things going on here. You want more ladies? We're going to give you ladies. We'll give you Lady Hulk. You know, next you'll get Lady Wolverine. Um, Supergirl. Supergirl, <laughs> stuff like that. So, couldn't figure out Worst what movie to I ever saw. do with her. She was, um, she was used with the Fantastic Four for a little while. She was a, a charter member there. She's worked with the Avengers, I think she was with the West Coast Avengers for a while. Yeah. She's always jumped around. They eventually kind of settled in on kind of going with a almost Deadpool-esque level of like a, a, almost a comic, like comic-y series, you know, again, going around Mm -hmm. the fact that she always was a lawyer, you know, that, that's something that she always was, you know, she was always a lawyer, even from the very start. Um, So, it's kind of like they, they've gone that route with it. So if that's what they're going to go with for this series, I have a feeling, judging from the cast, uh, maybe what we're going to see are some of the connective threads that occurred, maybe with, uh, with Abomination trying to get you know out of jail or something to that effect. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it, it could be good. Because it's, it's a half-hour series. It's, it's not going to kill me on time. Um, yeah. You know, they... They've they've surprised me with other things that they've done. So at this point, I'm I'm up for just about anything they want to do. Not everything can be boom boom smash smash, you know. So so make me laugh. No Hulk smash. I'm sure we'll <laughs> see Hulk smash at some point or another, or at least we'll get the uh, uh, ah thing that he did from Endgame. You know, I don't. Depends what Hulk we're getting too. I mean, are we getting Mark Ruffalo hulking out, or is this the merged Hulk, you know, that we've got, you know, in the uh, in the Endgame universe? So, depends, I guess, where it falls on the timeline. No, it was hulking out in Ragnarok. Oh, oh that, that, that's right. That's right. He was only talking a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, so. By Endgame, he's Dr. Doctor Hulk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was so fun. <laughs> I can't see them yes, wanting to think the amount of money. In, well, I mean, if he's only in for like an episode or two, I guess they can they can pull it off and do it that way. I would think they'd want to use Ruffalo more, though. You know, he works in a in comedy settings very well. Um, he's a very charming and humorous guy. So I could see them wanting to keep him for the entire series. Maybe, obviously, he's not going to be the main point, but having him for a couple of episodes. So yeah, maybe we're going to see him doing the uh, the old Banner Hulk again, where we're going to see a, a transformation or two. Yeah, I'm yeah especially if yeah, annihilation is involved. But yeah. in theory, abomination, not annihilation. You are correct. But yeah, <laughs> and. China did play She-Hulk in that great uh, Avengers Triple X. So we did have a She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. What a performance of lifetime. Unfortunately, I've seen China, and I've seen all of China. And I've seen I have, yeah. Inside of China. Especially her, especially her taking on the WWF. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> With the clear I don't want to you know, unfortunately the poor woman's passed, so let's let's not speak ill of her. 
I'm not thinking she was jacked. She was she was fun she to was play jacked. But any <laughs> yes. Okay. What Good. else you got, Dean? So when Nicole Bass had to show yeah. fucking Robin her her talk. The space ward. <laughs> the space wars. Uh, the race to space is once again uh, heating up between the United States and Russia because it had been said that uh, Tom Cruise uh, working with Elon Musk in NASA was going to be the first actor to film a movie in outer space where he was going to be on the International Space Station uh, with uh, that starting after his current slate of Mission Impossible films uh, in October of 2022, where he was actually going to have to stay uh, for several months on the International Space Station um, because, you know, because Tom Cruise. But Russia uh, is now saying that they are going to do a space movie that they're currently casting for, but they are looking to get this thing uh, up into the cosmos uh, in October of 2021. Uh, Russia has said What's that in the interesting, <laughs> interesting, uh, interested candidates need to, in Russia need to be able to run uh, one kilometer in faster than 3.5 minutes. Uh, they need to be able to swim 800 kilometers uh, in no more than 20 minutes, and they need to be able to do uh, a three-meter <laughs> dive with impressive technique, as well as meet all kinds of body <laughs> shape uh, specifications. Uh, so Russia and the United States so want to get swimming, head, head in the space, space. wars uh, yes! to, to <laughs> who could make the first movie in outer space. There's no swimming in space. <laughs> Ryan, Re- Ryan Reynolds showed us that. Swimming in space is a bad idea. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I can't the moon. see anything going wrong. This attempt at sending actors and actresses and producers and production people and and cameramen. Yes, I absolutely can't see anything going wrong with that. No, please, let's let's send more, more. Let's start to pollute even more around our our, our lovely planet. You know, great. Geniuses. Uh, we're gonna fire. Can we work, fire why don't we work on getting back to the things. fucking moon first, okay? Why don't we get some like fucking feet on the ground on the moon? You know, like, uh, and not. To, uh, I'm obviously not one of those people that believe that it was in a fucking soundstage because I think that's insulting to the memory of the fucking people that actually were on the goddamn moon jumping around out there and shit. I would think they would know if they were on a fucking. Soundstage. So regardless of that, you know what, just to disprove all that bullshit, let's just put some fucking people on the moon so that we could be like, yo, assholes, look, here we are on the fucking moon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but prove it, motherfucker. Yes, I don't believe it. I see, I see this as Tom oh, Cruise turn. trying to expand, ex- expand his Scientology empire. So he's trying to get past Earthbound here <laughs> and take over the mere... And take over the Mir space station, so then he can turn the entire Mir space station into Scientology space station 101, and then expand his religion, quote unquote, across the galaxy. 
<laughs> but that's the thing. It started in space. Xanadu or fucking Moopaboo, whatever his name was, man. Zoltan Lava came down and deposited the seed into the volcano. Okay? And the volcano yes. is what spewed out all the living fucking beings and, and intelligent amoeba that eventually became all living things. Amoeba intelligent? Planet. Whatever it was, and man. I don't know. It was acor- fucking space According to Scientology. Dude. I don't know what yeah. came out. Dude, fucking, they killed the dinosaurs doing it, too, man. We could be riding yeah. fucking dinosaurs, but these geniuses had to drop the shit in the volcano and blow shit up Ooh. on a fucking asteroid. I don't want fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex arms right hmm. now, man. Yeah, <laughs> imagine fucking crew just hunting down aliens going, have you heard about Scientology? Oh, here this fucking guy comes again. Yes, Tom, you've heard about Scientology. Don't lose your dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from our new folks now. Go away from the horrible. You don't want any. I don't want to take your pet rex arms, dude. You wouldn't be able to jerk off. Like, how do you pull or that off? You know, like, like that'd be horrible. Well, you That's might why be they were always angry. I guess you can just fucking <laughs> do the fucking the 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 two. Well, we call it the Toby, you know, when the dog drags his ass on the ground, man. But I guess I'd, I'd just probably be rubbing. I'd be like a fucking animal. I'd be rubbing up on everything. It's not too far from what I do anyway. So yeah, I was gonna say, come <laughs> on. <be> cool. <laughs> My bad. There goes the goal, rubbing up on shit again. Mm. I don't have any arms, okay? No fucking arms, Jamie. I got tiny I'm trying to get off. Arms. I just want to be petted. <laughs> just rub it Get off, man! <laughs> I swear you don't have to finish. You don't have to finish, your baby. It's okay. I just want you to touch it a little bit. Yeah. I so just wanted to be acknowledged. Just just tease it a little bit, please. <laughs> Just a little bit of attention. So what else you got, Dean? What if I just rub it out on the outside of it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, running down the running down the street with his legs really close together trying trying to get off. Well, there goes Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Would you fuck me? Fuck me. I fuck me. So uh, you know the the new uh, stimulus bill that has been uh, talked about. That fucking retarded, um, you know, that retarded thing. That's hard. Not to offend fucking you know <laughs> mentally ill people, but that fucking that that train wreck that they decided to try to put through. Did you hear some of the shit yes. on that dude? That's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> well, one of the it's things to remember is that it's, but it's you know it, it is like a wide ranging. Uh, government spending bill. It's not just a COVID bill, uh, but one of no, the things that's that. in there, and this might be, um, you know, uh, this might be interesting to some of the people who uh, participate in this program. Apparently, there's some language in the bill uh, in one of the avenues that is going to um, make both uh, illegal streaming for profit as well as personal streaming, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more uh, serious business uh, in the form of uh, being a felony uh, and that streaming uh, illegal movies and music can actually net up to 10 years in jail. Um, 
so, you know, uh, more information on that to come. Uh, but it looks like there's going to be a big crackdown uh, in the near future on the illegal streaming of movies and music. And uh, there has been some government talk about this again going back, I think, to the early uh, to mid-2000s uh, when that kind of stuff really started to gain steam. Uh, but they're looking to um, put the, the kibosh on it with some modernization of that particular bill with making this stuff uh, a felony. Now, so well, and, uh, and, what, and what better place to I, put that in than a fucking bill that's supposed to be designed to help, you know, the fucking American people right now during yeah. a fucking pandemic? You know, <laughs> perfect time. Good job. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, but at the same time, it's like I can kind of see where the streaming services are coming from because, again, they are a service. They're trying to just sit there and make their money, but at the same time, everyone's also being fucking stupid enough to share their password with, you know, fucking everyone, and then everyone shares that fucking password with fucking everyone. You know, it's just people just aren't being but smart about who they're way. fucking sharing. What? It doesn't work that way. The majority of streaming services, you're only able to share it. With, there's only so many devices that you're able to actually allow it to work on, like my Hulu account. Like I wanted to be able yeah. to share it with like Donovan and, and Bonnie's mom and stuff like that, but you can't actually put it out. It, they know what IP address you're on. So if they right. read that you're not like when the the dean tried to use it when he wanted to try to watch some live TV with it, it has to change the zip code. Now if he changed the zip code, I wouldn't be able to watch the live TV on my television. So they have ways that yeah, they so can I limit this. Fucking with that. But I think I think but I do think that what they're talking about here is not the legitimate services. I think they're talking about like okay. the put lockers and the movies one, two, three and all of that shit where you can you know oh. find some sites on the internet. I don't think they're talking about the, the Netflixes and the Hulus and what's that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Like, I think they're talking about <laughs> exactly. they're talking about the fucking Pirate Bay and and the and all of that stuff. So um, that that's not streaming. That's torrenting. <laughs> well, that, but all, that's all not the this, case you know, for that uh, movies get. one, two, three, and Go movies and all the Put Lockers and all of that stuff. That stuff's all streaming. That is that is streaming, and I understand where you're coming from there. Yes, but uh, no, I would not, um, yeah, torrenting is different I than streaming. Steal movies. <laughs> Not my style. I pay for my shit for fucking better or worse. Damn, Mike. You know what? I killed the motherfucker. What are you in jail for? <laughs> I streamed, man. I'm in for 10 years. <laughs> what? Yeah. I streamed the man well, illegally. 10 years. <laughs> well, not everyone has the money to be able to get all the movies that they want all the time. So, therefore, you just sit there and do workarounds. <laughs> No, you pick and choose. You pick and choose what's really important to you. Don't be a thief. Yeah. You know, a lot of the movies right. that I watched in and 2020, I actually rented for like three ninety nine, four ninety nine, like cheap ones. I didn't illegally, you know, download it. So I'm all right, you know, but at the same time, it's like, man, like the monkey said, I get off the money. <laughs> you just want to fucking stream yeah. something. Because if, because if it's a movie hard that I want – if it's a movie I want to support, I will support that movie. But if for some reason uh, your uh, second job has to be that you the have other to, movies that are out there. Uh, but if you're, maybe your second, jo- maybe yeah, your se- maybe your maybe your second job <laughs> is 
having to watch movies all the time and review them, maybe you don't have the money to be able to watch all those movies and pay for all those movies. So you have to sit there and be able to do what you can to make ends meet while you are, uh, you know, just having enough trouble just paying the rent. So that's all I'm saying there. All right. Moving on, Dean, what else you got? (laughs) What sweatshop are you working at, man? We need to go down and talk to these fucking, these slave owners of yours. Yeah, you can buy the company store. Pay him more money, like, don't you know he's a fucking podcaster? God he's got to give Monkey more fucking money so that he can stop stealing movies. Because otherwise, he's going to go to jail. He's going to get a felony. Ten years. Because people don't pay him enough. Maybe five with good behavior. <laughs> I'm not oh, going back to prison. And he's going to like the sex. <laughs> I ain't going back. Can't make me go back. What you well, what we'll you see. think you take me? What you think you take me? <laughs> Look at me, top of the world, ma. <laughs> I'm Don't gonna forget. start it all. Don't forget, <laughs> Don't forget our, our president is, is teasing. Our president is teasing, vetoing the bill, monkey. So you might be you might be in the clear. He's gonna veto it. He'd be stupid not to at this point. It's they're trying way too hard. To squeeze too many things in there. I get it that it's a broad bill. It's supposed to be helping a lot of people. They they need to streamline that a little bit. What they put together is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's just well, but filibusters have always been a problem with our government, and mm-hmm. that's the problem. Is you know, stop the filibusters in general. Each thing you want to pass, pass it individually. You shouldn't be able to coattail and filibuster stuff to tack it on just to be able to get something through. Every issue should be addressed individually, and oh, then they should vote on each issue individually. Yeah, but that's not how it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what else do you got? And that's your and that's your episode of Schoolhouse Rock on Talking Tip. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I know the the ghoul had had proudly showed us recently uh, his recently acquired copy of Ernest Klein's Ready Player Two novel. I do not know if the Ooh. ghoul has had a chance to read it yet. Uh, I have not yet had a chance uh, to read it. I was con- actually almost ordered it today, but then I got sidetracked and never looked it up. But uh, Ernest Klein <laughs> says that even though uh, there has been no studio greenlighting, uh, that early development of the movie version uh, is already underway and that Ty Sheridan is up for returning uh, to step back into the role that he started the uh, first film. So uh, while Sweet. nothing is greenlit, uh, Ernest Klein is confident that uh, Ready Player Two will see the big screen. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I started reading it. I I'm like two three chapters in. Oh boy. <sighs> you know, oh boy. it's not it's not capturing me as quickly as the first one did. Um, You know, and again, it it just might be that it's taking its time to get where it wants to go. It's playing more towards, you know, it's going where you would have assumed it would go as far as like, okay, what we saw with the first film was all the 80s nods and and the the heavy reliance on video games and, and movie references to the 80s. This is taking its page out of the 90s. Oh, uh, along oh. the lines of like existential oh. strange days. 
which is kind of really? the only other place. Like you know, like if it's it almost feels like something I could have come up with myself. Like after reading the first <laughs> book, like ooh, what could I do with it? Oh, I would do this, and it's almost disappointing that he didn't come up with something a little more unique. Oh, uh, okay. <clears throat> Yeah, some but people I've read like minor minor spoilers reviews on it. They say it feels like it has no soul, whereas the first book had a soul to it. But when you when you read the first book, you had already seen the first movie, right? Or you, you saw the movie, then read the book, right? I don't remember which order that was. I don't I remember what first. order. I know you read the book first. I might have read the. I might have seen the movie first. Okay, because that's what I'm saying is because I, I – like you, I saw the movie first, then read the book. So maybe you already had that stuff you know, making you think that the story went faster than it really did because when I read the book, I thought it actually moved really fucking slow. You know, and there was not, nothing – no immediately pull for me when I read the book. You know, mm-hmm. So maybe it's a thing of just you – know, because you already kind of know where the direction might be going. You know, So if anything, just you know, again – we're looking forward to your review in the future once you actually read it. But you know yeah. what? The difference is in the book I enjoyed. I enjoyed the darker tone of the book. And, you know, like those, those are the little things. Like I liked how much how much darker the book was from the movie. I, I preferred the book to the film. Um, you know, the film's got its own place, though. And, again, if they do do – which I'm sure they're going to do Ready Player too. Spielberg likes to make money, and they made decent money with the first one. They're going to make mm-hmm. more money with the second one, you know. So they're just going to what they're going to do is they'll do exactly what they did. They're going to make smart changes to make it a more film-friendly style movie. Yeah, because uh, that was one of the things is like I did enjoy the dark feel of the first. I mean, sorry, of the novel. But um, the only thing I didn't like was of the main character and him just being able to figure out shit so quickly and being able to outwit the CEO so easily. You know, it's just, you know, he was just very, very vastly, vastly intelligent for someone that's just supposed to be a gamer, you know, and I thought they were just playing him a little bit too much. I'm just saying, like, all of us plotting and planning that he did to be able to work his way into what he had to do at the end of the the novel just struck me as a, just a bit over the top. While on the flip side, though, all of the um, things that he went through with gaming and changes in his body and, you know, the amount of self-isolation that w- was involved in the novel, like, that, that shit really fucking hit me because I was like, man. Yeah, that's some next-level shit right there. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, remember, his name is Wade Watts. Mm. His parents named him that, so it would be like a superhero. So just like <laughs> like you accept that Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man and Clark Kent becomes Superman, you got to accept that Wade yeah. Watts becomes David Dunn. <laughs> David Dunn becomes whatever the fuck they call him, the Watchman or... The, the 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 riverboat man or some shit the jacket guy no that was uh, that was um sudden impact no uh sudden distance distance uh striking distance was the boatman what we what are we what are we doing are we are was a twenty thousand dollar pyramid what's going on Dean <laughs> no but remember and say 
we have talked I'm so sorry? lovingly in the world of uh, moving from one book to the next. We've talked so lovingly on the show about uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark series, and there is a new mm-hmm. uh, a new version. Uh, all three of the original Alvin Schwartz uh, scary stories to tell in the book, scary stories to tell in the dark, uh, are now in a brand new audio book set. Uh, with the readings done by Patton Oswald, uh, Melissa McBride of The Walking Dead, and somebody named Alex Brightman. Uh, they're available now. The narration runs for all three total, four hours and 13 minutes. But uh, if you prefer to listen to Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, that set is available now, just in time cool, man. Uh, for the Christmas season for the scary stories to tell in the dark fan in your life. So order now, and you might be able to get it by Valentine's Day. <laughs> as well, well, it's an audio been going. so you don't need to have anything <laughs> delivered. It's audio. It's oral delivery. Yes, yeah, uh, oral there you delivery. Go. Oral, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for your oral I mean, pleasure. Who doesn't have oral pleasure? Nope. <laughs> Could be good. Those books are classics, as we discussed on the show. Yes, they are. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what else should we talk about? Uh, we. Uh, well, I don't know about. I don't know about we, uh, but I know that I have <laughs> been looking forward to uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead film that's coming for Netflix. Um, it's amazing to me that, uh, being that that film hasn't even hit the light of day yet, that's already being turned yeah. into this, in, this big universe. I was reading today that, uh, not only is, has army of the dead been in the can, uh, but the, they wrapped production on the, the army can. of the dead prequel, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Uh, and that this is going to feature the film, uh, an anime series as well as a prequel. Uh, there is still no uh, release dates for this stuff, but it's all surrounding Netflix. Uh, 2021 is looking like a very, very, very busy year for Mr. Snyder. So uh, we'll continue to keep updating on Army of the Dead, and yeah, hopefully we'll Snyder have a release cut. date or a trailer or something in the near future. <laughs> because uh, you know, I very much remember my first uh, time I talked about this film uh, that he was saying that Netflix gave him uh, $90 million as a budget to make the most balls to the wall, uh, crazy ass zombie movie he could come up with. So, um, you know, it's a pretty big yeah, and budget pretty, and I'm um, looking forward to see watch, right? what, yeah, with uh, all the creative freedom uh, to go crazy. <laughs> uh, so I will be looking forward to, to seeing what he comes up with. Not this guy. I don't like <laughs> well, I don't know. Though, time to let go. Much, it's, it's time with, to let that much hate, mo- King. No, but with that much like money and that much creative freedom, I mean, you think he might be able to actually come up with a decent storyline, or are you guys still burnt from Justice League? What was that last thing that you I said? Still so. what? With all of that, you know, do you think he can actually create a product, or is everyone burnt still burnt from Justice League? I'm just burping through that. Oh, well, I don't think so. <laughs> two totally different audiences, man. You know, I, yeah. I think, I think if anything, you've got, uh, you know, you've got the two camps. You've got the people like the King who don't like Zack Snyder's take on the the, the Dead series, 
And then you've got people, you know, that are more rational and smarter who know that it's the superior film. (laughs) (laughs) It's kindergarten fodder. If you like it, great, you know, but no. Kindergarten. I think circus music in a pie fight is more kindergarten fodder. It's fun. Uh, Video games. Come on, play nice, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. You do, you Snyder. Hey, look, rather than characters that have personalities, let's just have them stare at each other in the mall for fucking two hours. Identifying qualities besides their race. They did the same thing with the other four. Let's have the black guy, you know, all the time because his wife's fucking pregnant. Let's be a zombie baby. Cool. Zombie baby. (laughs) Zombie baby, bitch. Okay, don't mess with zombie baby. If you liked it when Peter Jackson did it. Yeah, because it was just fun. This one was just. Anyway, yeah, we can go about this all night. We have a movie to talk about, so. Do you have anything else you need to talk about? Uh, what was that, King? I said uh, we have a movie to talk about, but unless you have anything else with our news, I wanted to. Uh, yes, I have plenty of things to talk about. Um, we, Ooh, if you if you like about. Alien, uh, it, especially with the news that uh, that you know uh, Noah Hawley's long uh, dream has come true with the upcoming. Uh, Alien series that's going to be coming up on uh, FX. Uh, it's going to be the first thing involving the Alien series uh, as a whole that will be taking place on Earth, and they're calling it a mix of the, uh, the, the horror from 1979 and the action from 1986. And there is talks with Ridley Scott to executive produce, but also in the world of Alien, uh, if you are a fan of pinball, uh, the Pinball Brothers are going to be producing a remake of the very famous Highway uh, Alien Pinball game uh, featuring many modern upgrades. And if you want the full-size Pinball Alien cabinet for your very own, you're going to have to plunk down a hefty $7,777 for the standard version and $9,999 for the limited edition. So... Uh, lots of things in the world of Alien all of a sudden after all the speculation. <laughs> Man, the, the diva and I, you know, both love playing arcades, and she fucking loves uh, playing pinball machines, but I've never fucking seen an Alien machine anywhere, man. <laughs> I've been oh. in tons of arcades. I've never seen an Alien machine. I would have lost my shit if I saw that shit, man. Apparently, if it's at the Silver Ball Museum. Hmm. Oh, the one in Asbury. Uh, yeah, you know, I was only there once a million years ago. Like, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Moving on. But anyway, so lots of things going on in the world of uh, Alien, and then I guess finally the last thing we can talk about tonight. Um, after you know, and we're not here right now to talk about quality of film, but we're here to talk about the success of 2018's uh, Halloween and the anticipation for uh, next year's sequel and uh, 2022's third offering. Uh, David Gordon Green is taking his 
uh, rebirthing uh, skills over to the world of the Exorcist. Apparently, David Gordon Green is uh, going to be uh, doing an Exorcist sequel for Blumhouse, uh, the team behind the 2018 Halloween. Uh, There's no further details other than it will be a direct sequel. Um, And they did say that given uh, the strategy of bringing back characters and performers from the original Halloween movies, uh, there was wonder if that was going to take place. But uh, William Friedkin has said that he will not be involved with any prequel or sequel. He said absolutely not under no circumstances for any amount of money. So he has slammed the door uh, on his involvement uh, David Gordon Green is also currently working on the Hellraiser HBO series. Man, they need to leave that property alone. They they need to leave Exorcist alone. They they've already done like how many fucking sequels? Like <laughs> like, uh, like well, sequels to that damn thing. The prequel, and then there was the alternate cut that they did. So you know, four, but technically five. And then there was the Fox TV series that they did for two seasons. It, the well is run dry on that I mean, we have the fucking heretic. I mean, I don't think you could do any worse than that, but I'm sure David Gordon Green will find a way around it. His <laughs> I mean, version of I mean, like, heretic to just do. Like I said in our group chat, too, you know what I mean? The other problem is there's, you know, over the last 10 years, we've gotten so many exorcism-based movies. You know, it's like it was yes. like the 70s all over again where everything was all about the fucking devil and, you know, Damien and, again, the Omen and the Exorcist. And yeah. fucking, it, was, it was all a big thing, you know? And, you know, now we have the Exorcism of Emily Rose, the last exorcism. My favorite, the last the exorcism, exorcism part two. How... How is the la- how is it the That's last exorcism good. if there's a sequel? You know, that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Obviously it wasn't the we last exorcism, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like back and when we were kids it, it and they were fun. talking about the sequel to Spaceballs. It was supposed to be Spaceballs three, the search for Spaceballs two, you know? Stuff like that. <laughs> Rocket five thousand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just again impressed Halloween twenty eighteen. I was like, fine, you know, give it to David Gordon Green, but no, thank you. We just pass on it. Like you can't get any better than that original nineteen seventy three classic. You know, just leave it alone. Just, you know, things are better left dead. Like I've said numerous times a lot of these properties. But dead is better. He's make it like, hey, we're doing racism. Like yeah, I know. Hey, Rocky? But again, like we always say on this show, stop rehashing the classics, stop doing reboots, and create original properties. Mother sucks Give us something new. Singing the whole Phantom of the Opera. David Gordon Green, Phantom of the Opera. What's more fun than that? What's the best of Stallone's Phantom of the Opera? No, he's working on Sherlock Holmes. Um, <laughs> so is that it for Horror News King? I mean, Dean. Uh, uh, sure. Okay. 
So take it away. Take it away, monkey. Yeah. (laughs) So tonight on Masterpiece Theater, we will be reviewing the classic Universal Pictures 1925 classic, The Phantom of the Opera. This is the second Lon Chaney film where he was, once again, given complete control over his own makeups. Makeups which he used to create the Phantom, a ghoulish piece that is in love with the fair Lady Christine, a young up-and-coming opera singer who has great potential. The Phantom, a constant shadow in the Paris Opera House, has offered to help the beautiful opera singer become the best opera singer the world has ever known. But at what price will she pay for such help? From the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, so a picture of these. <laughs> yeah, so I picked this piece just because I wanted to present a challenge to all of us, my horror family. Like, sure, we've covered all kinds of horror movies from all over the world, but one thing we've never done is a silent movie. <laughs> yeah, for me, I really do enjoy silent movies. They're just to me just really, really comforting. <laughs> But this film falls into the category of classic films. Like classic films, much like classic novels, are stories that everybody knows, but hardly anyone actually takes the time to actually partake in. So by us doing what we do on this show, we may be able to hopefully get a few people to actually try some vintage vintage silent films. As far as my opinion, uh, yeah, a fucked up story no matter how (laughs) – no matter how much you may love someone else. That sure as hell doesn't mean they're going to love you back. All while taking place in some really, really beautiful, beautiful sets full of hundreds of hundreds of extras. And I just really love these old grand scale kind of old movies. And that's just me. I know the story well. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen the play on Broadway. Uh, watched... Oh, wow. You know, the, the, the movie that came out, you know, a couple of, well, not even a couple of years ago. God, it's probably uh, 10 to 12 years now. Um, what's up? Gerard Butler was in that one, I think. He was the Phantom. Yes, yes. The one with, and one yes, with, yeah. The girl from, and the girl from Shameless. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. She's cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gerard Butler yeah, wasn't in this movie. It wasn't even born yet. One. Not, nope. I know. It's a... It's a wonderful story, and again, you know, like this is one of those films that you have to watch, you know, with the fact that you're remembering that you're watching a 1925 movie. So that being said, this is from the standpoint of, hey, somebody in 1925, hey there, we're going to go to the the theater, honey, let's go see something. And, uh, you know, this probably (laughs) wowed the fuck out of audiences back then, you know, it's a fucking motion picture, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on, like the monkey said, there's a whole, whole cast, there's a great story, um, you know, all based on a book, um, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, look, see, kid, I prefer it with music, you know, that's the thing, and I don't mean the music from this movie, I mean, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's vision of what Phantom of the Opera is, it's my favorite version of it, I love the songs, and, uh, yeah, so that's that. So, Dean, what'd you think about the Phantom of the Opera? So, I have a long, I don't know if troubling is the right word, but history with uh, the Phantom of the Opera. There was a there was a period of time. Show us on the dial. Uh, you know, I guess it's the, the height <laughs> of the popularity of the Broadway show. I, I don't know what led to it, but uh, 
my parents saw the Broadway show and uh, subsequently became obsessed with it, uh, purchased oh, uh, the double <laughs> CD soundtrack and played oh, nothing shit. but the soundtrack in the house and in the car, like on repeat for a very, very long time. Um, I'm sorry, dude. It, it was just, it was like, it was like, do I look like it was like, it was like, uh, you know, the kind of thing that, that you hear about, like where, uh, you know, and, and they, they play like Justin Bieber music to like interrogate uh, terrorists, um, like yeah. nonstop, like that's what it felt like, because at that point in time, I was like, like, I was like peak metalhead days and like uh, anywhere you went in my house or having to get driven somewhere in the car by my parents, it was the fucking Phantom of the Opera soundtrack. Um, with that being said, you know, knowing the story, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool story that, you know, has been around obviously for a very, very long time. Like, played sex um, play with that shit, dude. I have no idea. Man. Please don't make me throw up in my mouth. Um, so with that, <laughs> but continuing on, uh, you know, so, and I just want to say, and I did, uh, this is the one that I stuck with and the one that I did watch, but this link was sent. So I'm watching oh, it. Wow. As I'm watching this, this film on, on the link that was sent, like the music just, and of course I was not expecting the Andrew Lloyd Webber songs, but the music didn't seem to make any sense. And then I opened the comments. Uh, I don't know if anybody else did also. And the comments indicate, uh, and there's only four uh, comments, but the comments indicate that whoever uploaded this movie just put this random music to it. And this is not the music that mm. was in the 1925 version. Uh, someone said, I prefer the score on the Kiritare Cinemas upload. I think the video restorations are from the same Blu-ray, though. Mm. And someone says, who chose this score? Mm. I mean, I couldn't think up of a worse one. None of it goes with anything. Mm. Um but it didn't, you know, but I still watched it and was mm. able to follow along with the story. Um, I didn't watch it. You know, I think Lon mm. Maybe I saw something different. What was that? Cool? Well, go, go, I didn't watch the monkey's link. I watched a different uh, version of it, probably. So, you know, this version that I watched had, like, the fucking, like, the music from, like, the Lone Ranger. Like, it had, like, all kinds of weird shit in it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, that that one had <laughs> cool, the William cool. Tell Overture in it. I'm sorry. How man. long cool. was your well, No, version? fine, fine. Don't get upset. Don't get, don't get all, don't get all, don't get all monkey. It's cool. It's totally cool. Um, Lon Chaney is, 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 is great. Um, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, like, I, I, I they put the cards... Uh, in between scenes to kind of tell you what's going on and everything. Uh, And one thing that stuck to me as I was watching this uh, is that uh, I feel somewhere like deep in the recesses that like I might have seen this before Um, and I can't like quite put my finger on where or if I actually did, but there were little things here and there where I was like, I know this, I know this. Um, but I was happy to watch it and, and yeah. for, for the pit and the exploration of yeah. silent film. Yeah, thanks. And we will touch back on that in just a second. Uh, King, what did you think of this, man? Um, I'm a big fan of Rupert Julian's 1925 Phantom of the Opera. Um, I think that Lon Chaney's Phantom is kind of overlooked when you think about the Universal Monsters. You know, you automatically go to The Mummy, you go to Frankenstein, you go to Dracula. 
And Phantom kind of gets overlooked because it's a silent film. It's a little bit different. But when you see this film as a whole, I think that the character deserves a lot more respect than it gets as one of the classics because because of the Phantom, you get all these movies in the 30s. That's why you get right. Frankenstein. That's why you get that's why you get Frankenstein. Um, and seeing him do his own makeup and make it look so effective, even in the the red mask of death, he costume and he gets into wearing the oh yeah, such a cool costume. Yeah, it's just the way that they filmed it with him, you know, lurking and watching the conversation happen between Raoul and Christine on top of that statue. Like this far ahead of his time. This is nice. And it's just so effective. And I think the is one of the most tragic figures of this era, where yes, he loves Christine, he wants her to be with him, but he can't have her in the way that he wants because of his look, because of the way that he has that gruesome pet look that Lon Chaney really brought to the screen. You know, that's the whole reason why she doesn't want to be with him. And I think Steve, as a whole, is a very sister, as much as Raul is, for one her to leave the opera. Yeah, you did your thing, man. Now we got to get married. So, yeah, <laughs> you got to get married. You know, and it's a lot of selfish characters. That's my takeaway from watching it this time. Is that there isn't a lot of good in any of these characters. They're all very selfish. They all have their own goals. Well, I think part yeah. of that problem comes from you know how the characters are depicted because I know in the book version of it, you know, that I guess they go into a little bit more detail on the fact that Raul and Christine, you know, were, they were young lovers at the, you know, friends and all that stuff. So those are all things that I feel like are, are kind of lacking when they show it in the film. Um, you know, because I also felt that with the, the, the one with Gerard Butler in it as well, where the, the, like the character's portrayal was just kind of like, yeah, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you know, geez, she's, she's getting a model of success, and you're like, leave the opera and come live with me instead. Like, uh, fuck you, I want a career? <laughs> right. Um... And that was thing, like you know, just to backtrack, like I said, I, we were going to get back to what the dean was saying. Is again, you know, so many people who watch horror and know movies and love movies think they've seen this movie because, again, like I was saying, you know, in my intro is, you know, again, it's like classic novels where everyone knows the story, everyone thinks they've seen the movie, you know, and but not everyone has taken the time to actually watch the movie, or read the actual books. You know, and that that's why it's like same thing with Dean. It's like because the very first time that I saw this movie, the diva introduced it to me, and I was like, yeah, 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 I've seen the Phantom of the Opera, whatever. And she's like, yeah, but have you seen Phantom of the Opera? And she popped it in, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck, I've never seen Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> you know, it's like there are lots of scenes that I recognize, but then, you know, like you know the 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 most. Ex- important scene, you know, that taking the time to actually sit down and actually watch it, you know. But, yeah, again, backtracking like, to what you, know, you can't hear, though. Jimmy, but you can listen to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and exactly what the ghoul was just saying, you know, I, as we were going back and watching this, this was now my fourth time watching this movie, and I was like, hey, you're a successful opera singer, you know, congratulations. Like, How about you dump all that shit and marry me now, baby? It's like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? I just fucking got here. It's like, I just got my fucking break, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but again, you know, the the theater has always been frowned upon, you know, you know uh, until lately. Um, and it's like, yeah, stop all that shit, you know, be a housewife, you know, spit out lots of kids and be in my kitchen. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Let me do that right now. <laughs> little things that we do have to keep in mind is that you know obviously it's a a different time a different different thought process yep. and you know what what people expected of uh, of women and men and all all of that stuff but uh you know and and obviously what what was and wasn't beauty yeah but even the uh, the theater that are taking over you have the the whole deal going on where it's like, well, we're going to sign our theater over to you. It's all yours now. By the way, there's a phantom. See you later. <laughs> what? Oh, he, he's only joking about yeah, the phantom. Like, Good luck, guys. <laughs> By the way, we're out of here. And it's these, these two very owning an opera. We're like, no, there's, there's no phantom. What? No. No, there's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. And by the way, the funny thing is, is all of this stuff is actually, uh, you know, it's all bits and pieces of real life things that were occurring at at an opera house in France. Um, So, and, you know, like the Mm -hmm. the character of Christine Daae was based off of of somebody that was a, a, an actual opera singer. And the same thing for uh, Carlotta, you know, they were actually based on, on two real opera singers, and he just kind of yeah. took all of those stories and melded them together for his second, his second oh, sweet. work, I guess. He, yeah, he was, a, he was a big fan of uh, of uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Edgar Allan Poe. So that's what he was trying to kind of to do with these stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, don't fuck, with, don't fuck with the dude in box number five. Just saying. Well, <laughs> to come build that that kind of legend. Like even with uh, the very Leslie Jordan type guy, you know, the very kind of he's kind of gay from 1925. The guy is so scared with the ballerinas. Like we saw him and he doesn't even move and he was creepy. Let's go down. He's like, I don't want to go there. Just don't take me down there to the cellar. We'll have to go together. Like it's. The, very much uh, the guy that doesn't want to go there. Plus, you have the other guy um, that's working on the stage uh, with the fake head, which for 1925, I was like, that's fucking tits. Oh, okay, so I wasn't the only one that lost their shit when they saw that fucking mechanical head. All right, okay, okay, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> and the fact that he's like, on it, he's like, yeah, yeah, for the stage show. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys talking about? 19... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 1925 Tom Savini right there. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just doing this piece. You know, just because. <laughs> it looks yeah. awesome as fuck, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's it's the whole lore that's built up about the Phantom. You know, then he starts leaving letters. Like, you can't have Madame, you know, Corella you know, play Marguerite. You have to Christine do with it. If you don't, there's going to be a lot of shit going on. And like, well, you know what? Maybe we should have Christine. And then the mother comes in. What the fuck are you guys doing? My brother's the fucking best. You can't. Well, she's going to get ill if we let her go on. You don't want us to have her. <laughs> F- fucking model moms. 
you better put her on stage. <laughs> and then the Phantom of Space. Hold on, I heard that. They're the worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what you guys and, said. She sucks. For Christina. <laughs> but I enjoyed this whole thing, though, of them putting her on and then them actually giving us a bit of horror because, again, it's been a while since I watched it and stuff like that. And we have the thing where you know, Carlotta goes on, things start to go bad, the breakers start freaking out and shit like that, and then the giant fucking chandelier like, oh, falls onto the crowd. Yeah. It looks okay. real. Based on a real and event. Th- oh, wow. Okay, sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then the other thing, though, is you take all this and couple it with the fact that they actually built a scale model of the fucking Paris Opera House <laughs> at Universal Studios for this fucking movie. This wasn't filmed at, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they actually. You mean this wasn't you know, filmed on location in Paris? <laughs> no. No. It wasn't. But I'm just saying they built this huge ass impressive set and you get to see it in the opening shots and stuff like that. And it's just, again, like, you know, it, it wasn't a matte painting or anything like that. They built an actual fucking set to match that fucking thing. And I was just so fucking impressed that they, you know, did that and just being able to carry on the beauty of what architecture used to be like back in the day. You know, and just to carry it on. And the thing was fucking built of concrete steel. Like, it, this motherfucker lasted in 2014 or something like that until they finally had to fucking tear it down. <laughs> I will, pieces because I, I will all say, down. Uh, I will huh? say that this was also, in the actual play, one of the coolest fucking things to see in action when the chandelier actually comes down. Because it is, re- it's really fucking awesome. They they do it completely, like they reenact the whole thing. It comes at you as the audience. Oh shit! That's gonna... <laughs> man. But yeah, and, it's like yeah, and the, oh, sorry, you can go ahead. That's what I love most about Eric's underground kind of you know place, you know where he lives, you know with his organ. You know, you have to lead her onto a lake. And, you know, he shows her around. He's like, that's where I sleep, you know, and you'll be fine down here. I'll protect you. I love you. And her passing out. He's like, another one passes out. Damn it. Like, all right. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, on on top of that, we find out, like, hey, yeah, but Eric living just, you know, in, you know, Dreb's here, it's like he fucking pimped his shit out, man, while he was down there. Yep. You know, he's got nice fucking beds, you know, all curtains and stuff like that. But like you were saying, King, yeah. it's sweet down here, but there's only one rule, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, listen, you can have whatever you want. I will love you forever, but just don't touch my mask and you'll be fine. No harm I need with balloons. <laughs> one <laughs> just one, just one. Don't yeah. I'm sorry. That's the thing that as soon as they started introducing the him as Eric, and they're constantly calling him Eric, I just from that point on, again being a silent movie, the character for the rest of the film spoke like Eric the Midget. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. But, but, it's just. But yeah, like you said, like you said, King. The first, the first rule of Phantom Club is. Don't touch the fucking mask. The second yeah. rule of Phantom Club: Don't 
touch the fucking mask. But no. It's, it's like <laughs> fat kids. You don't eat those cookies before Christmas Day. Otherwise, you're going to get punished. She's like, but this one won't hurt, right? Like, yeah, no, no. We told you no. But again, it's the way that Lon Chaney moved that I loved so much watching at this oh. time. There was such a, a grace to the way that he carried himself. Even when Christine does the reveal, <laughs> everybody comes out. He takes over the reveal. He's like, I mustn't. He grabs her by the hair and he just starts laughing at her. Like, you did this. You know, you had a uh, lust that you needed to fulfill, and now you saw my ugliness. Mm. Like, yeah, that's what I tell every day. Go on. You need your lust to be fulfilled. That's what you saw my ugliness. But, yeah, but, you know, yeah, but also we're going like to one of the greatest reveals of like cinema history. Like in general, it's like this this scene of just the pulling off the mask and him just dropping his jaw as low as he can go, opening his eyes as wide as he can, staring directly at the audience. You know, it's like this fucking scene, you know, is fucking Universal Studios, you know, monster magic history. It's like, you know, that fucking scene is like just cemented forever in just cinema history. It's one of those. And it was all one thing. You've seen it in a thousand recaps. You've seen it in, you know, like during yep. the award season. It's just one of those mm-hmm. things entrenched in cinema history. It's like knowing that, you know, you know, like seeing The Godfather, like the character, you know, you, you know that that's who Marlon Brando is, you know. Um, yeah. Or Alfred Hitchcock's silhouette, you know. You know automatically, oh, shit, there's Hitchcock. Um so so yeah, like uh, that that's pro- it's probably the least shocking scene for me because of how many times I've seen it prior. This is the first time I've ever seen this movie, so I, I've never watched the 1925 version before. So I will thank you. For oh wow, that. it's one of the it's one of those that you know I mean to get around and I just don't. So now I have. Well, well hopefully down the road you you can find a, a, a copy with a, a much better. Uh, Musical score. Sorry. Again, I watched. I watched a different. So next version year on Christmas week, it's going to be Phantom of the Opera Part Two. My uh, my <laughs> version was uh was an hour and forty three minutes, and you know what? I felt like the music was was perfectly timed with everything. I didn't have any issue with it. Uh, I just actually looked up that version again, and the majority of the comments on it as well are all crediting it, saying that it's like it's a good copy, it's a good version. It was a little scratchy here and there, but it's an old movie, so I was kind of expecting that anyway. So, And that's one of the problems you have, like just going back, and when you go back this far, is just finding movies where they're just, you know, seriously, just fucking complete. It's like there there are so many silent movies out there that are missing so many substantial parts that, um, you know, you're just happy to be able to find a com- complete copy. Uh, and, you know, and unfortunately, it's just these people who made these great movies way back then didn't think about anything about preserving them for, you know, literally 100 for years. Digital fucking you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but with the reveal, you have Eric telling her, you know, okay, fine. You want to go back above ground, you can do that. I will love you no matter what. But you're not meant for Raul. You're meant for me. So if you go back above Raul. ground, you're with me. And she's like, yeah, do whatever. I'm your slave. Like, I will love you forever. I'm cool. 
And then as soon as she goes to the ball, she's like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here, dude. I got this crazy looking motherfucker. He's chasing our asses, our asses. We got to fucking go. Okay, that's great and all. <laughs> but unfortunately, some big ass temp motherfucker just showed up to the party. <laughs> yeah, showing up like and, first day and, at this hidden fall. Like, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Where's my mirror? Come on. I, <laughs> I fucking loved it. I seriously, man, I fucking loved the outfit. I loved the costume. The the like seriously, the entire look of that entire costume was just so fucking pimp. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just the way he slaps down the jester, the jester's making fun of him, and he's like, "Yeah, get the hell out of here, bitch." <laughs> I'm in this. I am the Red Death. That's and you've all brought me here. But to me, <laughs> the biggest visual of the movie was him on that statue, like I said earlier. When you have oh, Christine yeah. and Roll talk, you cut to that scene with him in that red cape flowing in the wind. Like, to me, that's amazing that they could capture that mm-hmm. back in 1925. The, the fans yeah. watching this conversation. And, um, again, there's different cuts, because, again, you know, it's hard to get a solid copy, but like I went and then found another copy where all of this was in color and mm-hmm. you yep. had the red death coming down. It was in bright red color. He was on the statue, bright red color. And then all fucking, you know, Frank Miller, Batman with, you know, like you said, King, you know, pose, like on the statue, you know, uh, Cape flowing in the wind and shit like that. It, it was just imposing as fucking fuck, man. It, it was so fucking cool. To be, you lived your life like a and him wants to be in that conversation. And yeah, Christine going, Never he's grotesque, he's hideous. You know what? I have feelings too, bitch. Like, yeah, you know what? Like, I, a lot of shit. I, I, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, just because I'm ugly doesn't mean I don't have feelings. Jesus. Like, you know, yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. Said, I, no. Sorry I can't grow a pit mustache like Raul. You know, <laughs> Who is a dick, like, literally at the beginning of the movie, bitch. Like, you know, literally one day ago, he was telling you quit all of this so that you could be, be his wife. And now, you know, he's the best fucking thing in the world. <laughs> he doesn't love you like I do. <laughs> the whole thing. Nope. Like, despite his looks, he really did love her. You know, unlike her, oh, it was just like, yeah, just marry me so I can just take you away from all this bullshit. Like, yeah. He really loved her in a way that he just... <laughs> And look so ugly, she might have fallen in love with him. Yeah, and that's one of those. She's superficial like like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fucking theater people, (laughs) all hooked up on looks. (laughs) But again, it's like you know, it's just those things of going around and sitting there, you know, like once again saying I love you, and she's like, yeah, but you're not hot enough. Sorry, I'm gonna go with this other guy. Like watching your an episode face, of Love Doc. Island. Well, you're the only one that watches all those episodes. Yeah, it's true. You know, we've 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 dove back into it, so we're uh, we're, we're enjoying one of the current seasons. <laughs> but that's okay because uh, the Phantom does have plans for the the Phantom does have plans for uninvited guests. As things take a turn, and the red death decides to break up the party, and he's like, "You know what? Fuck this noise." <laughs> yeah, because you also 
we, we neglected to talk about him, but Ladu, who is the inspector that's on to Eric's trail. Like, he has that index card that's written in ink about Eric, who has skipped the Devil's <laughs> Island. He's practiced in the dark art. And he knows what to do, so I'm going to go after him. And he tells Christine and Raul, you need to go through this exit if you don't want to get caught by the Phantom. And then we'll just kind of figure it out after that. <laughs> like, what do is well, a, a wasteful character. Yeah. Like, he just does nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you know, thank you, complete stranger, for what I was hoping for a body count number two, but no, you know. <laughs> and it's at the finale once once uh, Phantom kidnaps Christine into the catacombs of where he lives, and you get all these different traps, like jigsaw style, where you can trap no, people. No, 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 you know, and... those were no, those were not traps. No, no, no. Like I said, he pimped his shit out. Okay, that's not traps. That was his fucking hot air sauna. All right, they just happened to get caught in that. He wanted he 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 wanted the hot rock sauna. And if you and if you get out of the hot rock sauna, okay. He also happened to have a jacuzzi, possibly full of gunpowder. I'm just saying, he pimped his lair out for Christine. All right, he had this shit set. Girls love the gunpowder. And everyone else, yes, because again. He wanted her to have a sauna. He wanted her to have a jacuzzi. Everyone else fucked up and showed up and <laughs> trying to gang bang on his shit. Okay, so this is. Uh, <laughs> he also had a snorkel. Not the fact that Phantom had a snorkel so he can go underneath the water to get, you know, uh, Raul's brother. He puts it in his mouth and just goes underneath that. Water. Like this is the best. <laughs> He's got a little uh, snorkel. Just, he, 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 he has two. He has two of them. But what he doesn't have two of are lips. So what I can't figure out is how he uses a fucking snorkel. <laughs> how he can swim and hold it at the same time. Rupert Jones, yeah, don't mind me. About this. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go all Rainbow Six on this shit, and I'm gonna go do some recon. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also the fact that mm-hmm. once Raul and uh, Ladu are in that heat in a room where he shows Christine that they're <laughs> going to die, Ladu his way out into the underground cellar that's full of gunpowder kegs and water. Yeah, you could either turn the scorpion one way or turn the dragonfly the other way, and that'll blow up the fucking, you know, the opera. And it's that tense moment where he's like, is she going to do it? Is she going to blow up? I hope not. This is where I keep this is where I keep my stuff. <laughs> I love my stuff. I won't like it that you picked it, but at least the opera house is still gonna stand. Take it. But it's just the that launch ending was making where he's like, Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, oh no, oh, 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 go from Scorpion. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, he was like, fuck, I told her to chose, but fuck, 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 don't pick that one. <laughs> you chose wisely. You chose a saber. That's cool. You still got to come with me, though. You chose wisely. You promised. You promised. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. For all the shit that, you know, she keeps saying, you know, I'll do whatever you want. I'm your slave, you know, da 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 And then as soon as she sees fucking Raul, you know, she's got Raul on her fucking tits, you know, just, oh, baby, baby, we're, we're back together again. Again, he's like, bitch, I'm in the fucking room. <laughs> it's like, seriously? <laughs> 
But it's great because at the same time that this is happening, you have the, the brother of the stagehand being hung, and now everybody's grabbing torches and running into the Phantom's lair, which I thought was a great juxtaposition for this film, where you have everybody grabbing torches. Like, yeah, we need to fucking kill him. We know where he is. We can just go and do it. <laughs> go. All the Phantom and Christine, we got to go. Like, you promised we're going to go. Let's get into that carriage. Just go away into the night where he just knocks out the carriage driver. And says, Let's go. And the maniac <laughs> The fact that he's dancing the entire time and just snapping those reins. Go. This guy's down. Yeah. And it's just, and again, while we have, like, again, these awesome, awesome scenes of just these hundreds and hundreds of extras just all running around with, you know, pitchforks and your torches and stuff like that. And me, I was like, was nothing fucking flammable on this set? It's like, that's a lot of fucking fire. <laughs> so much. They all had one, and they're all after him. They're all diving into the water to go after him. And it's that chase where you have, you know, Christine in the back, going, oh my god, no, no, what's going on? But yet, he's fucking to the death. And he makes a mistake where he puts And he just jumps out like fucking Iron Man style. He just fucking makes that superhero landing. And Christine mm-hmm. just fucking fell off. He's like, oh shit. Well, gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> Runs off like a whole but again, it's again Raul grabbing Christine. It's like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, blah 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 blah. While you know the angry mob is running by, running by, running by, and it's like, yeah, no one's tripping over these people or anything like that. It's like, oh, watch out! It's our main people. We gotta run around them. No. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, this is a very I don't know how you guys... angry mob. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know where you guys land with this. Um, go ahead, uh, Dean. I'm sorry. No, he said it's a very angry mob. I said, is there any other kind? No, I said it's a very aware angry mob. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Excuse but, me. But, but, but yeah, King. Miss Cooley. It's just the fact that you get tunnel. to this point. It's in the year of France here at Talking Tower. I think we've covered more films <laughs> that are supposed to take place in France than any other year. Yeah, I know. We love France. We do. The king but, loves France. I do. Speak for yourself, King. I love the bag. <laughs> you know, Dean, you know, like I said, a cafe, and I eat the best baguettes I ever had in my entire life. Yeah, never been there, but I gotta imagine they're good. <laughs> French fries. But you know what? I bet I bet it was all along the riverside. Where unfortunately some nasty shit happened to the Phantom. Just around because the he decided back. to act like he had a fucking hand grenade all of a sudden. <laughs> this is my favorite It's because when he gets to that point at the you know, the bottom by the river and he has he's facing the audience, so you could see that he has nothing in his hand and he pulls his fist up. And then he points at everybody. He's like, I got a fucking knife. I'm going to use it. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck, 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 fuck. We, we don't know. We don't know what that is. And he's like, I got it. And he turns back to the camera and he unleashes his hand and shows that there's nothing in it. And that's when everybody descends on him. 
and starts beating the <laughs> fuck out of him. To the point where Sadly, they throw him into the river. Hey, he's a fantasy phantom. Hey, he sucks. I'm like, it's such a tragic end to a character this one of the love. And that's what I always love about this movie, is that he had nothing in his hand. He had no gun. He had no knife. He just wanted to scare people one last time before he met his end. He had his feelings. He had his feelings in his <laughs> hand and on his sleeve. And, and it came for naught. And he was killed. <laughs> yeah, but it this was. moment, it's, it was just a fleeting last moment of just fucking with people. And to me, yeah. like, it was just him putting his heart out there and saying, you know, like, his heart on his sleeve and, you know, opening his hand. And then there's nothing there. And yeah. saying he has no love left, and that's when society sits there and just crush him. So deep, monkey. Yeah. And to the cool, <laughs> and to monkey's point, this is kind of like Joker from 2019 with Joaquin Phoenix. At the end of that movie, when he paints that Joker smile over his face, and he's with all of his followers, and he's just like, "Yeah, this is it. This is Joker." Instead of the Joker being revered as a character to follow, they kill the Phantom. So to me, it was like a juxtaposition between those two scenes. Where it's like, you have a a character you might follow, you might believe in, but in this universe, the Phantom was feared, and they needed to be rid of him. Yeah, because again, you know, I don't know if it was again, we have to have a happy ending of the bad guy losing and that kind of thing. I don't know the the book ending. I, uh, you know, well, we I haven't read the novel. He murdering people. So, yes, we saw, yeah, you know, obviously we saw the tragic and everything, but he was also the phantom hangman or whatever it is that they kept bringing up throughout the film as well. Um, yeah. You know, so we know that he is, yes, the strangler, you know, so he's he's guilty of many, many things here. So he is meeting his end at the hands of the people. This is the people's justice. Yeah. And the the original ending monkey was in the Gaston LaRue 1911 version was that he died of a broken heart at the organ and then discovered his body oh. and that was it. So the movie version was much it. more complete with revenge where they just dump his body in the river sign and that's it. Okay. Yeah, but again, uh, that was Phantom of the Opera. Uh, yeah, guys, again, thank you for going on this journey with me about just doing a silent movie for the first time uh, on this show. Wasn't sure how it was going to go. I love <laughs> You know, but, but again, I just love silent movies. I just enjoy them so much. And just the history that is actually behind this film, you know, is one of the reasons yeah. I chose it. Well, and besides that, it's my notable. last pick of 2020. Well, why not end up on a fucked up note? <laughs> well, technically, the ghoul is going to end up on a fucked up note because he has the I final pick my... of 2020. Oh, oh, oh. oh. In- indeed, indeed. And you know what? I am. I am going to take us on a fucked up note. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end us light for the year. Oh boy. Um, oh. You know, I know, I know. New Year's horror movies are all they're all hard to find and shit like that. So, so you know me. I'm just gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go weird instead. 
Uh, I am going to say oh. it's in horror, but it's horror Ooh. slash comedy. Um, the film uh-huh. is available on Tubi TV for all of Ooh. you to, to view. Um, but we, okay, I probably should be doing this movie in February, but instead oh. we're going to do it to close out 2020. <laughs> we're going to do 2013's Ooga Booga. Ooh. Ooga Booga. Ooga Booga. Oh. So we're going Ooga, to Ooga, another Ooga, 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 Oh, I feel like what this, cover art? I, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like this was going to be... Oh, I'm so, to I'm so excited right now. The sad thing is... Cover art is amazing. Talking terror. Ooga booga, wow. Yeah, I've actually... It is, it is something. A little bit of winter, right? <laughs> Booga fucking booga from Moon Features. Makes fun. I oh, do. Uh, very, okay. <laughs> very quickly before we before we officially wrap things up, I just want to circle back to the beginning when uh, everyone was talking about their lack of ability to find a cock and balls chia pet. Uh, so I did some research during the show, and while I was not able to find a cock and balls chia pet, uh, I did find something called Grow a Dick, where it's a little plant. Uh, that will grow you. Uh, it will grow you. It will grow you red hot chili peppers that are shaped like dicks. Ah. That's not fun. hot cock. Yeah. Hot cock. I mean, that's uh, wow. Hot cock. Yeah. Hot cock. Love you than a hot cock pepper. Yeah. Everybody talk, loves talk, hot cock in their mouth. <laughs> Talking to your hot cocks. <laughs> and now available inside of now available inside of Google Glide. <laughs> you don't use Thank that. Thank you shit. so much for joining. And we'll see you back here next week for the final pick of 2020 of Ooga Booga. Right and early. Excellent. All right, Monkey. Why don't you go ahead and do your sign off? <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to our very special Christmas Eve Eve episode of Talking Terror. Thank you, Ghoul. <laughs> Everyone be safe out there, and thanks for letting me come in your ear. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, you keep farting. that out. Go ahead, plug, 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 oh, plug, 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 <laughs> plug, plug, plug. That's Raoul Duke. Anyway, so <laughs> the year has ended. You know, we got one week it to has. go. Christmas is two days from now. Not even. You know, you got like a day and a half. So guess what? You can't go to Bonfire Bee Design to get anything <laughs> for anybody in time for Christmas. You fucked up. Oh man. But. You can get your ass on there now if you go to Etsy, all one word, and you can start stocking up for next 
Christmas. Okay, 2021 is your fucking year. And if you're going to do it, do it right. Go to Bonfire Bee Designs, buy some fucking jewelry, get that shit for your girl, your guy. I mean, your kid. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, not like a Chris Hansen way. Um, we, we don't condone that. Uh, no. We don't give them to pets either. So, so yes, man, woman, gender, whatever you want to call yourself at that point. But just go to Bonfire Bee Designs and buy something. It makes the ghoul girl happy. She makes the ghoul happy. Then everybody's happy. So just get on all there. Etsy, all one word, Bonfire Bee Designs. I don't even think that one sentence made sense. But okay, here we go. Stay scared. And by the way, boys, I just posted the Netflix series, History of Swear Words, with Nicolas Cage, premiering on January 5th. I know that the Dean brought it up. I put the trailer up for you, and it looks fucking epic. So check that out in the group chat. And as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, NDG, saying, first of all, for all the celebrate, Merry Christmas, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the holiday, and we'll see you back here next week before New Year's Eve for Ooga Booga. Keep America strong, watch horror movies, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous. We'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. <laughs>